Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. If you've missed any of the By Faith series, they're on YouTube, you can jump on this week. Week one, we talked about walking by faith. Last week, we talked about declaring by faith. Who's, who's got their card and been declaring those seven statements by faith in the morning? And when we declare by faith, seven things happen in our lives. Number one is my atmosphere changes. Number two, my faith is released. Number three, my enemy flees. Number four, my hunger grows. Number five, my identity is secure. Number six, my relationships transform. And number seven, my miracle happens. And we're going to continue to walk by faith, declare by faith. And this final session is called Give by Faith. Give by, by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, we don't have time to read the whole passage or any of the passage, but 18 times in one chapter, we read the words by faith, by faith. The story I want to jump into today is from John's gospel about a lady who gave by faith. The scene is Bethany, just a few miles from Jerusalem. And it was the night before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And Jesus knows what lies ahead. He knows he is about to be crucified. And Jesus goes to a friend's house to enjoy some food, some drinks, some final conversations with his loved ones before the inevitable of his death. And Jesus is reclining at the table. He's relaxed. And with his disciples, and something very unusual happens. In John chapter 12, it says, Six days before the Passover began, Jesus went back to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared a supper for Jesus. Martha served, and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picks up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a litter of uh, extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anoints Jesus' feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. But Judas the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer, spoke up and said, What a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. Scholars think that this perfume that Mary broke over Jesus' feet would have been worth a year's salary. So let's put that into today's language, around 22,000 pounds in that moment was broken over Jesus' feet. The most expensive perfume in the world today is the shumak. Shumak. Okay, I think there's a picture. 1.25 million pounds. Okay, I worked out that's 20,000 pounds a squirt. I just saw Sharon just give Mark a little nudge out to say Christmas is coming. Ladies, who would like just a little sniff of the, the schmuck? But this, this, is a, this is an interesting story. In fact, it's not just an interesting story, it's an outrageous story. Because it's the contrast of two hearts. Two hearts are revealed in the story. First of all, we, we meet Mary, who's the extravagant heart. 
was willing to break open a year's salary in a moment and wash Jesus' feet with the content. And then we see Judas's heart, the heart of selfishness and greed. One story, two hearts. Has anyone ever been bought something really expensive and you wait for the perfect moment to get it out? Eat it, drink it, light it. Someone bought us a candle a couple of Christmases ago, and I found out it was worth 75 pounds. And I said to my wife, I said, when is the perfect moment to light the candle? Is that right, Sharon? Sharon knows all about candles too. Men, if you want heaven at 11, light a candle. But Jesus, this moment where Jesus enters the house was the moment where Mary... We don't know how long she owned the perfume for. We don't know anything about it. But she thought that this was the perfect moment to break open the bottle. And Judas knew exactly how much the perfume was worth. He was an accountant. But Mary had something even more attractive than Judas's experience with numbers. She was a giver. And she saw an opportunity to be generous. And I think there's two questions that are raised from this story. The first question is this. Why would Mary be so extravagant with her gift? And why would Judas have such a selfish heart and attitude? You see, what revealed both hearts was this, giving. Giving, if you take your notes, giving will always reveal our hearts. Whenever we talk about money, or time, giving of something, it always is a great heart revealer for all of us. Today, our heart for the house isn't just an opportunity to move the vision of Soul Church forward. It's an opportunity like it is every year to examine our hearts. Let's be honest, when I stood up five weeks ago and announced Heart for the House 2022, some of us, like Mary, we jumped up with excitement. What can I give? What can I sell? What can I withdraw? What can I do to play my part? But others... Not again. Is it seriously heart for the house? Why? Because heart for the house reveals the heart. It reveals our heart. Three weeks ago, I was standing just where Steve and Rachel are sitting, and we were in War Room, and we're praying. Uh, War Room is our prayer, our prayer gathering on a Wednesday at 12.30, and it's a fantastic 30 minutes for us just to come together and seek God. And so at the end of the prayer gathering, this little lady comes to me. She might be in this service. She's 90 years young, and she came with an Asda bag. And in her Asda bag, it was full of pennies and 2Ps and 5Ps and 5Ps and 20Ps. It was tied in a knot, and she said, Pastor John, she said, I've been waiting a whole year to bring you my heart for the house. She said, I wanted to make sure you got it. She said, will you keep it safe? Why? Because heart for the house reveals the heart. And I realized in that moment that for that little lady, that was all she had. This wasn't just something that she'd drawn out of her bank account. This is something she'd been collecting for a year to bring in this season. And Mary gave to Jesus, expecting nothing in return because she had the heart of a giver. This moment was a, a moment which revealed the hearts of Mary and Judas. Psalm 26 verse 2 says, put me on trial. What a crazy verse. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives 
and my heart. You know, there's times in the year where our hearts will be tested. And this is one of those where we get tested with what's closest to us, which is our finances. I want to share five, really quickly, five quick keys to help us unlock the power of giving by faith. There's five really simple but powerful keys in here to help us unlock the power of what happens when we give by faith. Number one is this, key number one. Giving by faith is a byproduct of spending time with Jesus. Giving by faith is a byproduct of spending time with Jesus. Whenever we see scriptures of people who spend prolonged periods with Jesus, their hearts changed. Zacchaeus, who's had a, Zacchaeus had a, a hard heart. He had a tight, stingy spirit. He was a robber. He was self-centered. But when Jesus came into his life, and when Jesus said, I'm coming around yours for supper, and he spent time with Jesus, the first thing that happened was his heart changed towards giving. We think about the little boy with loaves and fishes. He sat there listening to the ministry of Jesus, and then he brings his lunch forward and offers it to Christ. Notice the little boy didn't offer his lunch at the start. It was after he'd been with Jesus. We think about Joseph of Arimathea, who knew Jesus. He spent time with him. And in the moment that Christ needed him, he gave him the tomb. Because when you spend time with Jesus, it changes your heart. And Mary has been traveling with Jesus for the three years of ministry. And what happens when you get close to Jesus is it changes your heart. When I get around generous people, guess what happens? It rubs off on me. The most generous person you'll ever meet is Jesus. I miss my dad on many levels. He would have loved last Sunday night. One of the the things I loved about my dad, who didn't have a lot, but what he did have, he was generous with. And what's interesting is my dad spent more time with Jesus than anyone I've ever met on earth. You see, the more time you spend with Jesus the more generous you become. When we spend time in God's word, what happens is it rubs off on us. How does that work? Well, let me explain. When you have faith, God's word and God's presence brings faith. And when you have faith, you'll let go because when you let go, you know that God will meet your every need. And pretty much every message that comes on this platform does two things. Encourages you to read your Bible and encourages you to pray. Honestly, if I could bottle this whole thing up, keep reading your Bible and keep praying. Because everything else we talk about is a byproduct of prayer and spending time in the Word. There is nothing I can do apart from encourage you every Sunday, and I've packaged it in about a hundred different ways this year, but it's exactly the same product. Keep praying and keep reading your Bible. If you're struggling with generosity, it begins by spending time with Jesus. Because when you get close to Jesus, he changes your heart. The second key we learn from this is this. Giving by faith has one common enemy. Okay? Giving has an enemy. The enemy of giving is self. Self. And guess what? We all have self. We are all self-centered. We are born selfish, but we are born again givers. We are born selfish. What's the first word a child says? Me or my. My, my, my food, my toy. 
Because we're born selfish. Has anyone ever met a selfish person? Not, of course, in this church. We're in Bible school and there's five lads in one house in Sydney, Australia. Four of us were on the bread line. Could have done with the food bank next door. And one had a little bit more than, than all of us together. And he would mark, he, there was a drink called Mountain Dew. And he would mark his Mountain Dew in the fridge to make sure none of us, he'd put a permanent marker pen so he could see if anyone else had drunk it. So we used to drink it and fill it with water. But you know, it's not attractive, is it? And Judith's selfish heart is revealed in this moment. He says, what a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. Judas was basically saying, why are you wasting this money on some torn up feet? You know, it's building up to heart for the house. Even today, it's easy for the enemy to whisper, why waste it? Why waste it on the church? Why waste it on helping others? Why waste it on helping kids in India that you'll never see in this lifetime? Why waste it in helping children in the Philippines? Use it for yourself. You know, Chantal and I, we've heard the voice of selfishness because it's loud. And the only way to break self is generosity. The only way to break selfishness in our life, how do we do it in our children? We teach our children to give. You know, I'm so grateful for generations over the past 59 years in this church who've given by faith like Mary and laid foundations for us. 59 years of people who've sacrificed and given. It was great when Pastor Trevor got up and prayed on Sunday evening in the new building because he represented the generations who've sacrificed and let go so that we can, and today as we sacrifice, we're not just sacrificing for us, we're sacrificing for generations of those to come in the future. And the challenge with selfishness is when we peel back the layers of selfishness, here's what we find. Selfishness is fueled by fear. Because at the root of it, it's, I won't have enough for me. If I let go, there won't be enough. And so the enemy, Percy the parrot, as we talked about last week, Percy's on our shoulder, and he fuels us with fear, so we hold on. Siri. Does anyone else start a conversation, then Siri gets involved anyway. <laughs> Selfishness is fueled by fear. And the enemy loves it when he allows selfishness in our lives. Because when he allows selfishness, here's what happens. He allows fear. Now here's the good news today. God's perfect love casts out all fear. But, there is a but, you've got to go back to key one. Spending time with Jesus. Because when you spend time with Jesus, he fills you with his love. And if he fills you with his love, he casts out fear. And when he casts out fear, he removes selfishness. Key number three. Giving by faith is being led by the Spirit. 
Verse 3 says, Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a litter of extremely rare and costly perfume. We don't know how long she had it. We don't know where she got it from. All we know is she was waiting for an occasion to pop the top. Why do we think that Mary chose this moment? Could she have waited maybe till she got married? Who thinks that might have been a good occasion? Because she waited for a wedding day. That would have been a fantastic occasion to use this moment. But she was being prompted and led by something greater than her feelings. She was being led by the Holy Spirit. And there are going to be times in your life, and I'm not talking about just buying someone a coffee. I'm going to be, there is going to be times where God prompts you to do something extravagant. There's going to be times in your life where God prompts you to do something ridiculous. There's going to be times in your life where God prompts you, and God might even be prompting you today online in the room, say, I want you to do something outrageous as you put your trust in me. God's will for our lives is we walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, but I say walk by the Spirit. This is not just money. This could be time. This could be, this could be anything where the Holy Spirit says, now step out. 2003, I was in Sydney, Australia, and uh, Chantal and I, were, we weren't married. We were courting, dating, and we were... Um, help pioneer a small church called Seaview Church on the northern beaches of Sydney, Australia, in a little town called DY. And we were the youth pastors. We didn't have any youth, but we were the youth pastors. <laughs> True story. And it was, it, it was the weekend, and we were required to go out there and lead the youth ministry, and uh, I had no money to fill up my car with, with fuel. And um, I remember calling, calling the pastor, I just don't have any money and he just said, make a plan. <laughs> Tell you all that, that toughened me up a bit. And so I said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make a plan. So to Chantal, anyway, got in my car, and God said, go and fill up your car with, with fuel at the BP. I said, well, I haven't got any money. I'm having this conversation. He said, fill it up. He said, if you have faith to fill it up, I'll work it out. That was the only instruction. By the way, if any of you try this today, it will go wrong. <laughs> Do not... Do not say, Pastor John told me to do this, because it will backfire. Okay, this has only ever happened to me once in my lifetime, and it'll probably never happen to me again, but in that moment, the Holy Spirit prompted me to fill up my car with petrol, because remember the reason. The reason wasn't I needed to get to a party. The reason I'd get to a movie. The reason was I needed to go and help some young people. I was building the church. Filled up the car with petrol, and let me tell you, I have never walked into into that fuel station as slowly as I walked to the till. And I'm looking around thinking, I'm going to bump into someone. And I bumped into no. And the lady said, um, it's going to be, I think it was $50, which is a lot of money. And I said, I don't have any means to pay. She said, well, why did you fill up your car? <laughs> anyway, as she said that, this gentleman behind me said, oh, don't worry. I'll pay for his. Complete stranger. If you're prepared to do something ridiculous, God will show up in the miraculous and there will be times in your life and they will happen in the most obscure moments where God will ask you to do something and it makes absolutely no sense and I'm not talking about being reckless I'm talking about when God prompts you to do something and it is it is walking by faith you we should not be everyone's like 
We sh these should be everyday stories in our lives, but we we're so want to just walk in, and I encourage you, someone today, walk in faith this week. Step out in faith. Trust God. Prove God at his word. He has never failed us, and he will not start now. I have seen God show up time and time again in our family, in my parents' life, time and time again. God cannot break a promise, and he will not break a promise. So, question. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit and not me? Has anyone gone, hey, this is the Holy Spirit and not me? Okay. Number one is this it will always feel uncomfortable. What's comfortable means it's in my control. Second thing, you'll always feel good afterwards. When I walked out of that petrol station, I was like, God, you are so real. Like, theologically, we can debate all day over something, but nobody can argue against what God just did. Nobody. The Bible says you can overcome by the word of the Lamb or the story. Your story, your testimony, the word of your testimony. The third thing is this, the Holy Spirit will never ask you to do anything outside of your strength. So anything outside of what he won't empower you to do. God's not going to ask you to do something that you can't do without his strength. You know, what he asks you to do and what he asks me to do are going to be very different. But if he's asked you to do it, it means he's given the strength to do it. So the question is, not just are we listening, the question is are we obeying? Key number four is, giving by faith is all about where I put my trust. Mary gave this extravagant gift to Jesus because she trusted him. It's interesting, Jesus said many times, he said, I'm about to be crucified and three days later I'll rise again. And it's like the disciples had their headphones in. They just didn't respond. They didn't, they didn't, it just didn't go in. Yet Mary, who traveled with Jesus, I think she'd taken notice. I think she was listening in those moments, and I think she thought this is the time to break open the alabaster box because times are changing. And I feel the times are changing in our world right now. Things are changing, and this is the time. This is why I'm like, I'm press, we're moving ahead with the school quicker than I anticipated because things are changing quickly. I said it last week, I said, I believe Jesus is coming back again. And so I want to I I move things as quick as I can because I want to help as many people as I can in my lifetime find hope in Jesus. And Mary could have, she could have hesitated and thought, oh, I'll do it at the resurrection or maybe I misheard him and I'll do it again. But she said, now is the time to make the sacrifice. And money is never about money. Money is always about trust. Today is simply about where do I put my trust? And I want to remind us again Paul's words in Philippians 4.19 that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Have you seen a, the stock exchange, the market ticker on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange? It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. It's been a lot, it's been a lot more down than up recently. And if God had a ticker... Here's what it would read. Are you ready? Unchanged. Unchanged. Unchanged, unchanged, unchanged. Unchanged. God's kingdom will never need a government bailout. His word is unchanged. The market may drop, but nothing in heaven has dropped. 
God is still sovereign. Jesus still sits down at the right hand of the Father. It is unchanged. His promises are unchanged. He de- we declare it today. The word for you to take away, put on your fridge, put it where you want it, is unchanged. Come on, the promises are unchanged. God's ticker is unchanged. Come on, He is our anchor in the storm. He is still our hope. He is still unchanged. My hope is in God. My trust is in Him. My trust is not in government, in money, in the stock exchange, because God is unchanging. Come on, where's your security? Where is your trust today? Mine is in Him. Number five, key number five, giving by faith will leave a legacy. The story is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and John. In, Matthew, in, in Mark chapter 14, verse 9, it says, Wherever the gospel is preached, this story will be told. Mary didn't break the alabaster box because she was looking for a reward, but generosity with the right heart is always remembered. And today, I want to remind us that it might leave our hands, but it will not leave our lives. As as finance leaves our hands, it will not leave our lives. 2,000 plus years later, we still remember the story of the little lady who broke a salary's worth of perfume over Jesus' feet. Why? The question is this. Why did Mary give so lavishly? Why Why did she do that? If we just wind the clock back two months before, Mary had a brother called Lazarus. And if you're familiar with the Bible, Jesus raised her brother from the dead. Now, grateful people are generous people. Grateful people are generous people. If somebody had raised my sister from the dead, and I had some perfume or some aftershave or a gift, I would do something extravagant to say thank you. And Mary remembered what Christ had done for her. And today, we remember the extravagance of Christ's death on the cross. We give today, not to get, we're not giving. This is not a a deal, it's not a transaction. I'm not giving to get, I'm giving because he first loved me. Because Christ went to the cross and he did something extravagant on my behalf. And I see what it does in the lives of others. And out of that heart of thankfulness, I bring my gift. Wow. Grateful people are generous people. How do we become grateful? Get back to key one. Spending time with Jesus. Because when you spend time with Jesus, it's hard not to be grateful. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, something in my heart cries hallelujah. Thank you God for saving me. Maybe the lack of generosity in our lives is simply the lack of spending time with Jesus. Maybe we hold on so tight because 
our trust isn't in him. Today, all of us have a reason to be grateful. We were dead in our trespasses, the Bible says, in our sins. He made us alive in him. And I'm giving today, yes, because I want to see this building go up. And yes, because I want to send money to India to help the kids on the streets in the slums to have dinner. And yes, all, but before all the outworking of that, I'm giving out of a heart of gratitude for what he's done for me. I'm giving because I've got two beautiful children. I'm giving because God blessed me with the most amazing wife. I'm giving because of our church. I'm giving because of the incredible heritage we have. I'm giving today because God's blessed me. I'm giving today out of a heart of thankfulness. Number six, and finally, giving by faith fills the house. It says in the final verse, it says, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. You ever been in someone's house and they've lit a few candles? It smells good. You ever been around someone and they got some, got some nice perfume or cologne on and it fills the room, fills the room. I'm believing as we give today, the fragrance of the generosity of this house will be a hallmark of our church. The fragrance will spread to the Philippines. The fragrance is going to spread to Israel. The fragrance is going to spread to South Africa. The fragrance is going to spread to the four corners of the world. The fragrance is going to spread into the ministries. The fragrance is going to spread into the supermarket. The fragrance is going to fill the house. I believe today, God, you will use our giving and the fragrance of the Spirit of God will leave this church and help, help countless, countless numbers of people. People, have, people are sacrificing from all over. A pastor in the north of England, he called me yesterday and he said, John, he said, we've just started church. He says, we haven't got anything, he says, but we're sending you a thousand pounds as a seed into your building. Wow, the fragrance. Small church, just close by our church, led by beautiful pastors and leaders. They sent us a check for a thousand pounds. They said, we're just cheering you on. We're in, the, we're in the same church, we're in the same community, but we just want you to know we're right behind you. It's the fragrance. It's the fragrance of heaven. church today we give we give by faith why because giving by faith is a product of spending time with Jesus it has a common enemy but we were led by the spirit we put our trust in him because giving by faith it leaves a legacy and it fills the house and I'm believing today for a miracle a supernatural miracle I'm not here to twist your arm I'm not here to beg all I know is the Holy Spirit is working and moving on people's hearts. And this is a sacred occasion as we give to the future of this church, give to those in great need around our world. And Chantel and I are very aware of the great sacrifices which are being made in the room and online. And I just want to just for a moment talk to our online community. I know people are watching from 
four corners of the world. But I want to say thank you for joining us midweek. Thank you for tuning in, listening to the podcast. Thank you for following our ministry online. I also want to say this, your tithe and your offering belongs in your church. And if this is not your church, if you want to give a gift, that's fine. But please, your tithe and offering belongs in your house. But if you have been blessed by the ministry of Soul Church over the past few weeks and months, this is your opportunity to sow a seed into our future. But I want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your obedience. And thank you. And our prayers and our hearts go out to you, to your communities all over this globe. Come on, let's thank our online community. I think we should thank Pastors John and Chantel for leading the charge, preaching with such conviction. It's a big weight to carry, but they carry it so well. Friend, I wonder whether you're new to church. 38 years ago, I walked into this church, and I've got to say there's a lot that I didn't understand. I wasn't from a church background. The church was meeting in Nelson Street, and I came in, as a teenager, but I knew this. I knew that God was in the place. I sensed His presence. I didn't understand it, but I knew. Maybe you're here and you can't deny that God is in this place. You've sensed it, maybe for the first time. Maybe you once walked with God, but if you're honest, you've drifted away and coming back today was like coming home. The second thing I knew as a teenager when I first walked into this church is that I knew I'd done stuff. I'd let God down. I knew I wasn't right with Him and I needed to get right with Him. And I'm so glad that my life was transformed just a couple of days later through this church. Maybe you're here and you say, Steve, how, how do you get right with God? How do you become a Christian? Touch you really straightforward. You invite Him in. You pray a prayer. You can pray this prayer watching online. You might be driving your car listening to a podcast. You might be here in this building and a friend brought you or you thought you'd come along. And you know that God is real. And you need to get right with Him. Every week in our services, we give people that opportunity. I'd love to give you that opportunity. I'd love to give you that opportunity. I'd love to, give, love to give anyone in this section that opportunity. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make to get right with God. So here's what we're going to do. Would you all just bow your heads and close your eyes. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you say, Steve, would you include me in that prayer? I know I need to get right with God. And when I count to three in this room, would you simply slip up your hand so that I know who I'm praying for? We're not going to call you forward, but we'd love to pray with you. So all across this room, this is your moment, friend. If you're watching online, listening to a podcast, this moment is for you. So you're ready. When I count to three, if you want to get right with God, you raise your hand. Are you ready? One, two, three. That's it. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's beautiful, so powerful. Thank you, sweetheart. So many people, and I'm believing for people watching online. So let's all really mean this prayer. Every one of us, 
Repeat after me these words. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. And right now, Father God, I pray for every individual that raised their hand, every heart that was opened. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and presence yourself in them. May they never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, why don't we put our hands together? Congratulate those people. I love it. Church, this is why we do it such a powerful moment for those of you that raised your hands honestly guys we just want to help you you've taken the first step and the next step we want you to take is as you leave the building some of our team will be there and they'll be holding these bibles they're waiting for you to give this to you like i said you've taken one step but the next step is to get a bible to start to read it and there's many other steps and if you'll give us your details we want to help you make step after step and live a life for God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited that so many people, come on, one more time, let's congratulate them. It's amazing. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.